Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. Today I'll be joined by Ron Nash, also known as the LinkedIn Whisperer. And we're going to explore how to optimize your LinkedIn profile as a marketer. I also have an awesome new discovery that I'd like to share with you right now. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. Are you looking for a creative way to display photographs on a blog post or on a sales page and you're just not satisfied with a lot of the default ways that, for example, WordPress allows you to do it. Well, this new plugin is absolutely killer and I recently came across it and I'm using it on the Social Media Marketing World sales page in a couple different places. And I cannot sing the praises enough of this plugin. It is called Easy Media Gallery. And Easy Media Gallery um, Pro, actually. Easy Media Gallery Pro. Let me tell you what it does. First of all, it's super easy to use. You set it up inside of WordPress as a plugin. And it costs 24 bucks, but it's totally worth it. And then what you do is once you go inside of WordPress, you can create quote-unquote uh, little galleries, and you upload all the images into the gallery. You can reorganize them. You can even add captions if you want. But what's really cool is once you finish your gallery, and you can always go back and edit it, it creates a short code for you. And you can just simply take that little piece of text and embed it in any blog post anywhere, and then the magic happens. Basically, what it does is it shows you, and, and there's many different configurations, by the way, but the one I'm using shows you a rather large picture, and underneath it, a little film strip that has lots of pictures, and what's cool is if you do nothing, it just automatically starts cycling from picture to picture every couple seconds, and if you want to, if you hover your mouse over it, you can move forward or backwards and look at the pictures, and there's little arrows in the upper right-hand corner that allows it to go full screen. And then when you take it full screen, you can see the images bigger and you can move through them at whatever pace that you want, or you can just let it do its thing. And once it finishes showing all the photographs, it'll cycle right back to the beginning. Now, the deal closer for me on this particular thing was the way that it worked on mobile. It was very important for me that any particular plugin that I use for my gallery look just as good on an iPhone, for example, as it does on a full 27-inch iMac or whatever computer that you're using. And this this plugin does not disappoint. Um, if you want to check out what it looks like, just Google Social Media Marketing World and click on the networking page or the agenda page and you will see how we are using it. And it, 
it just does a brilliant job. It makes all the pictures the same size. It kind of crops the tops and bottoms off of it. And it allows literally almost an unlimited amount of functionality. I'm just using some of the basics, but everybody that sees it is like, wow, that is totally cool. So Easy Media Gallery Pro, it is a $24 app and um, you can find it in WordPress or you can just Google it and you will find the website or you can go directly to their website, which is ghozylab.com. And don't worry if you missed any of this because it's all going to be in the show notes. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Help simplify your social safari. Here's this week's special guest. I'm very excited to be joined today by Ron Nash. If you don't know who Ron is, he's a LinkedIn preferred trainer who specializes in helping people network on LinkedIn. He's known as the LinkedIn Whisperer. He's also authored the book Leveraging LinkedIn, and he's worked with a lot of brands, including Microsoft, Samsung, and Cardinal Health on their LinkedIn strategy. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mr. Stilsner. How are you, man? I'm doing great. So, hey, today you and I are going to explore the importance of a well-developed LinkedIn profile. So before we go there, Ron, let's back up for a second and kind of give me your backstory. How did you get started with LinkedIn? (laughs) <laughs> All right. So truth be told, I uh, many moons ago in my world of being a corporate recruiter, headhunter, had my own business many, many moons, still do. I discovered LinkedIn as a tool early on, as a matter of fact, an early adapter. And when I discovered the tool, before I jumped too far on board around 2003, I wanted to make sure it was as good as I thought it was going to be and it was going to stick. Around 2005, when I saw the viability in it helping me to develop business clients, as well as to find uh, candidates, I started running down that street like there was no tomorrow. And here I am many years later, LinkedIn considers me one of their um, top 1.5% people with a large network, as well as top 15% users in terms of strategically how I use LinkedIn. So how did you go from being a guy that used LinkedIn to recruit talent to a guy that's teaching people how to use LinkedIn? Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because um, being in the world of recruiting, I always had to develop business. You know, obviously, you eat what you kill. And so I've always been a hunter. Uh, Seeing LinkedIn and profiles and contact names and the fact that someone jogs or surfs or whatever, it's just like it's it's the ultimate prospecting sheet. So you have a background on someone. You have whether where they work. And so I translated that into business development and uh, ultimately I'm very process oriented as well and it allowed me to kind of target people specifically around the United States and now around the globe, um, get some background on them, do my homework, figure out who they were and then start a dialogue because ultimately I'm into people meeting people, picking up the phone, making cold calls or or warm calls as I call it. Mm, awesome. So let's talk now about the people that are listening, the marketers and the business owners. Why do you think it's important for them to have a well-developed profile on LinkedIn? Um, A couple of different reasons. Number one, LinkedIn, social media, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. It's a fairly new phenomenon. I mean, realistically, the internet kind of hit, the commercial uh, usage of the internet has really, really not shown up, especially with smartphones. And so, 
Specifically with LinkedIn, what I've noticed is that a lot of people are approaching LinkedIn as a as an online resume. Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of marketers using it in a very smart way. But it's still for a lot of people their online resume, which is really a, a two-dimensional experience. Uh, LinkedIn has really changed the playing field where it's a multi-dimensional um, tool that allows you to tell stories. It's, all, it's, it's called transmedia storytelling, where you can actually tell a story across multiple platforms, i.e. YouTube, Twitter, um, various other blogs, etc. So LinkedIn is really one of the first professional platforms where you can actually set your profile up, stage your brand or service, whatever it is, and tell a story with other mediums. You know, what's really cool is um, LinkedIn also has an open API, and there's a lot of app developers out there now that are um, integrating LinkedIn into their application. For example, we use an app uh, at Social Media Marketing World called Bizabo, and what's really cool about it is you use your LinkedIn profile to essentially... Uh, get the app activated on your smartphone. But then when you're at a conference, all the people that are there at the conference, their LinkedIn profile is fed into this app, right? So it's showing you their picture. It's showing you their name. It's showing you their title. It allows you to communicate with them. And I, I would imagine, you know, this is just scratching the surface of what LinkedIn can do. And a lot of people probably don't even think about it from that perspective, right? That's a brilliant app. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to download that app. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, cool. and the, the trick with that app is, you you know, the event organizers need to be using that particular app in order for it to benefit. But it is, it is really cool. So, Ron, what about people that aren't necessarily looking for work? You know, why should they make their LinkedIn profile stronger, if you will? You know, that's actually a very good question. I am a a believer that in this new kind of revolution we're in, which is really the internet and social media, which has changed the playing field, LinkedIn is really like a new TV station. And so 300 million users worldwide, 200 countries, people are on there 24-7. If you're not leveraging that platform with keywords and all the necessary things, video, et cetera, et cetera, um, leveraging your brand, telling your story using a form of storytelling. I think it's called transmedia storytelling. If you're not using all of those platforms to talk about your product, message, or service, you're really using LinkedIn as a 20th century tool, which I've noticed a lot of people do. A lot of people treat it like a resume, right? Resumes are kind of boring and flat, and they had objectives, and they did certain things. We now have the ability to bring our profiles to life to tell a story, almost like that movie Her, if you've ever seen that, where the operating system is the voice. Well, your profile actually is really your new voice now, and it's got color. It's got lots of different crayons, so we can be creative in terms of how we stage ourselves, and it's critical now more than ever. Well, you know, another thing is that a lot of people uh, might check you out before they decide to do business with you, right? And, you know, you see this, I see this all the time. I see these people that are looking at my profile and LinkedIn tells you a couple of them for nothing, right? And then you have to upgrade your profile. But chances are that if you are um, any kind of, um, if you're out there in any kind of social presence and someone wants to find out more about who you are because maybe they want to hire you mm -hmm. or maybe they want to see who works for brand X, having a good presence 
uh, or having a LinkedIn profile that's adequately created, I would imagine would be uh, smart, wouldn't it? Because it's, 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 you know, not just for prospecting, it's for men. I mean, it's not just for job prospecting, it's sure. for any kind of prospecting, right? You know what? Job prospecting and business development is the same thing, right? I mean, Good for point. a person to go out and actually look for a job, they got to find a client to determine how to, you know, what they're going to market in terms of services or product. They're going to market their service to a company. You still have to prospect. You still have to do, do all the same work. It's the same thing as business development. There's no difference. And more importantly, kind of chiming in with what you said, the profile is really the way to display what it is that you're saying about your product or service, uh, whether you're selling a service or an actual product. The number one activity on LinkedIn happens to be people checking out your profile. So let's say, for instance, I go and I see your profile and knock on your door and I want to connect with you. The very first thing that we all do is we take a look at who's looking at us before we allow them into our network. If you liken that, and it's based on human behavior, somebody comes and knocks on my front door, there's a peephole on my front door, right? And so usually I look at the peephole, and if the character's presentable, I may open up and say, how can I help you? That character's not presentable, there's a high probability I'm not going to open the door. It's the same human behavior in social media, and I think one of the things I've discovered is people are kind of not understanding how human behavior translates into digital human behavior, which is very similar. We look through the peephole, knock on my door, I want to see what you look like. Now, you must make sure that you look a certain way as you're staging yourself because just like at any other place, first impressions count. So if you're out in the world and you don't have a really cool profile together staging your brand or product uh, in the most professional way, you're missing lots of opportunity because people are online 24-7 looking for products and services all around the world all the time. You know, and just to extend on what you're saying a little bit, if you think about it, if I don't know you, I'm probably going to check out your LinkedIn profile and your Twitter profile, which are both obviously highly public profiles. Mm -hmm. Now, what am I going to find on Twitter? Maybe 140 characters and a link and that's it. Mm -hmm. Nowhere near enough information for me to make an assessment as to whether or not you are someone who I think is worthy of being on my show, for example. <laughs> so, you know, instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to LinkedIn and I'm going to study what I see there. And unlike even Facebook, which is much more personal and people might put who they work for, but there really isn't a nice presentable way for you to convey to um, not just your family, but the world, who you're all about. And I don't think there's anything better than LinkedIn. So with that, let's kind of start with some of the mistakes that people tend to make on LinkedIn. And the obvious one is they probably haven't updated their profile in five years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's like having an old resume, right? <laughs> exactly. No doubt. So talk to me a little bit about what, what are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of people making? You know, uh, similarly, and you're starting off the right way. I mean, it's, it's most people perceive LinkedIn as the place for job seekers. And I got to be honest with you, there's a lot going on. In, in fact, uh, truth be told is last year I actually uh, was found by some investors. And guess what? Guess what the dominant platform they looked at and they found me on before they checked me out? Uh, LinkedIn. That would be correct, sir. And from LinkedIn, they went out to my YouTube feed and my Twitter feed, and they did due diligence before they became part of my board of directors. And so, you know, from a different perspective, LinkedIn. So one of the, the biggest things I see people doing is interacting with LinkedIn like it's a resume. Once again, it's a great opportunity, depending on how you treat your resume, but it's also a tool that you can incorporate 
other visual aspects in. And so behaviorally, resumes are really kind of a 20th century thing. 21st century is just kind of, it's, it's, it's the opportunity to stick video in, to stick other things in. Let's say you had a commercial for your product or service. Guess what? I put that thing on my LinkedIn profile because it would speak more than the, the typewritten words. I mean, it allows you to kind of broadcast other ideas through your profile with an active audience. And so I think the biggest thing I see is people really aren't leveraging the different medium, uh, the different medias through their LinkedIn platform and really treating it like it's their own television station. That's really cool. Now, um, one of the things that comes to my mind is um, the summary. And let's just talk about the summary for a second. Um, on my summary, I say I am the founder of Social Media Examiner, and then I go on to state some other things. But I use the word I. Now, some people, I would imagine, would say something like Michael founded Social Media Examiner. And you understand the slight variance of the language, right? One is kind of like a bio that you would see on a blog or on a corporate website. And the other one is written in the first person. What is your recommendation? Am I doing this right? Um, so, you know what? First person and third person is what you're talking about there. Yep. Um, and it's based on personal preferences. I mean, realistically, when we talk from the I perspective, we personalize the communication. So, mm -hmm. hey, I've done this. I've helped someone do X. It's very personalized. So from the reader's perspective, they're seeing what I can do maybe to help them if it's written that way. From the third person, it sounds like there's an endorsement or a recommendation with the third credible party um, talking about us. It's really a matter of personal preference. Now, your opening on your summary says dream, plan, execute, succeed. Mm -hmm. And then you go on to ask questions. Are you amazing? So talk to me a little bit because that is a totally different strategy, obviously. <laughs> what are you trying to do there? Yeah, you know, so, so absolutely. I mean, taking in consideration that I have been working to hone and understand who my audience is, not on just LinkedIn, but in the world. So it's caused me to do a lot of work, ask a lot of questions, do a lot of research. And, uh, and I've come up with some real answers. So kind of in the staging of my summary, it's based on a strategy where I, I know that the reader, almost like looking at a television show, reader gets to my profile. You got 10 to 15 seconds to engage someone, starting off with your photo, your professional headline, and then into your summary, which, which is what we're talking about. If I can ask from a marketing perspective, if I can ask a compelling question that causes the reader to engage, then I get them to engage more. That's my first outcome is if you're the, the right demographic, if I can get you to engage, I'm going to be able to get you to read more. So that is my outcome with my summary. If you say yes to any of those questions, there's a higher probability as I'm staging a question, kind of uncovering your problem, that you'll read on and figure out how I can help you solve your problem. Now, just again, comparing and contrasting, because obviously I have not updated mine in a while. Um, I just list kind of my accolades in literally one, two, three, four, five tiny little sentences. <laughs> you have you have um, literally paragraphs of interesting information with bullets and everything. So um, I, I think a lot of people listening right now don't even realize what they can do with the summary. Is there a limit to what you can put in there? And what are kind of some of the basics that we ought to include in our summary? Yeah, I mean, so... The, the, very good question. As a matter of fact, I noticed that on your in your background, you used to do white papers, right? Yes. Okay. So think of your summary as the opportunity to stage um, social proof for what it is you do. And that's kind of, that's the idea. As a matter of fact, there's um, the summary is actually limited to 2,000 um, words. 
Oh, words. Okay, that's right, a lot of sorry. words. Yeah, it's a lot of words. So you're limited to 2,000 words. And, and so what you're able to do kind of with that is to – I'm sorry. Let me back it up, and I'm stepping on my toes here. It's actually really 2,000 characters, which is a lot of words. So in essence, what you're really able to do with 2,000 characters is to tell a story. I am – I – like using different strategies. One of the strategies that I teach people to use is something called the PAR strategy. That's P-A-R. And it's an old behavioral interviewing technique um, taken from my days as an executive recruiter where people go in for interviews and they sit before a board and if the interviewers know what they're doing, they do what's called behavioral interview. And what they try to do is stage, hey, I'm going to set a scenario up that's a problem uh, we want to see how you resolved it with whatever action you took and what the results were. So what I've actually done with the LinkedIn writing style, teaching people how to stage their product or service is what I call the reverse PAR strategy. And what that simply means is how do we set your profile up to stage a problem um, that shows an action you've taken that creates a result for your reader? So your reader's looking at your television station. Here's an example. Uh, of a summary that I love, and it's based on the same thing. So here's the problem. No one's good at everything. As much as you may be in command of your core offering, chances are your messaging doesn't quite make the grade. That's the problem, right? Most of us aren't writers, and we don't know how to do it. Here's the action. I help business people get their messages out clearly, concisely, and accurately. My writing, editing, and webinar management services help clients who struggle with content reach their target audiences with sharp, meaningful, and relevant information. That's the action I take. Here's the result. Whether it's your blog, website, newsletter, book, social media account, or more, getting to the point and conveying simply and strong what you do or offer is essential. That's where I come in. And if you need help writing, setting up webinars, et cetera, et cetera, so they go on to solve the problem. This is an actual LinkedIn profile that someone wrote using the PAR strategy Instantly, when I read that, you know, my first impression was, how do I find this person? Now, the thing they forgot to include <laughs> was how I contact them. It's like, okay, so how do I reach you? What's your web address or what's your email or what's your phone number? Because you now have, an, you now have a client who's interested in what you're doing. Uh-huh. Do you can actually put that in your summary, huh? Heck, yeah, man. I highly recommend it. That is really cool. Now, I mean, I think a lot of people just assume that people are going to send them LinkedIn mail or whatever they call it, right? But but yeah. what you're saying is, you know, maybe they won't be able to do that. And not everybody is able to send mail to people that are outside their network, right? Well, I think, I, and the answer is absolutely yes. The other challenge is this, is that just based on social media marketing, you want to take the amount of clicks away. So now that you're selling a product or service, if I have to click or do more activity, almost like pulling out my credit card, right? It's like it's going to be a hard activity to get me to dig in my pocket and pull this thing out and enter it. So you want to take the amount of steps away from me having to do work to reach you. Awesome. Okay. Um, let's talk images because when I go to your profile, I see this massive <laughs> image, almost like Twitter. It's like a big Twitter background of you uh-huh. doing what looks like a selfie or something with a bunch yep. of people um, with their hands up in the air. And I also see, you know, let's, let's step back for a second. Like, what can we do with images on our profile that maybe a lot of people don't even realize? Um, you know, so uh, the truth be told is that's an image from Social Media Day. He, I think, I don't know what time you came there, but I did the, everybody was doing selfies. And I was like, yeah, I got to get a really good selfie. And so ah, I, this I, was, <laughs> yeah, just so everybody knows what we're talking about. I met um, Ron at uh, San Diego Social Media Day. And, and uh, so that's where that was. So, so how do you, 
what, what can you do with images on your profile? Because it's pretty cool what I see you doing here. Okay, cool. So basically the difference between your profile and mine is you have the free LinkedIn.com free thing, ah. uh, which, is, which is what I've had for most of my LinkedIn career. However, uh, because I still do some high-level searches for certain clients, I have a premium account, which you can get for as little as 10 bucks a month. The basic premium account gives you the ability to upload a different image, which is a banner. That image can be your company logo or anything relevant to your brand that you want the world to see when they click on your profile. And just so everybody understands, this this graphic is huge. It literally is like a Twitter backdrop almost. It covers the entire width of the screen and probably is about, um, I'm guessing, 250 to 300 pixels tall. And you can put words in it, obviously, as Ron has done. He says, jumpstart your career with LinkedIn. So that's really cool. So so you have to have a premium account to have this capability. Correct. Um, the next thing that you do, which is really intriguing, is your profile picture. Talk to me about what you're doing different <laughs> with your profile picture. Um, so once again, being a marketer, uh, one of the things I wanted to do with my profile picture was to establish credibility. So... You see me speaking in front of an audience. I think there was a thousand people at that arena. I do lots of speaking events based around what I teach. My profile pic, I've been in the media quite a bit, similarly to yourself. Um, on my profile pic, my first outcome was to establish massive credibility. I've been on CNN and CBS and NBC, et cetera. So um, my pic is branded with some of the media that, that I've been involved with. And instantly from a marketing perspective, someone sees my brand credibility looks at my background, and instantly it doesn't take long for them to associate credibility with what it is that I'm selling. Now, um, just so everybody has a visual picture, about two-thirds of the top of this uh, image square, if you will, is a picture of Ron. And then below that it says, as seen on, and he's got some logos on there. Now, um, your picture area is much larger than what mine is. Is this also a function of a premium account? <laughs> uh, no, it's just the function of... Uh, Uploading you, a newer picture. <laughs> absolutely. Exactly. Which, you know, by the way, I like your picture, the whole black and white feel and so forth. But yeah, it's just a matter of a new picture. You still have the same amount of space you can use. See, I mean, this is very, very creative because most people don't even think about doing anything with their profile picture on any social channels. Um, but the fact that LinkedIn gives you so much physical real estate, and it's rather large. It looks like it's about 200 <laughs> by 200 pixels. You know, um, it's really creative what you're doing there. Um, so let me add this real fast. Yeah. Just, um, so in the past, I was uh, I tried putting my company logo there, which, which I've done in the past. LinkedIn actually frowns upon that. So mm. the real strategy with LinkedIn is to personalize the experience, whether you're doing business or not. You can actually add your company logo and your experience, but put a picture there. And I also had a, a professional photographer take pictures. Um, I represent my brand. It's my outcome to be um, as polished as I can when people perceive it because I do fairly high level transactions. Perfect. Um, what else can you do with images? Because for example, I know that I have uh, on my uh, summary page, I have our corporate logo. So is it possible to upload graphics to your background page? Are you aware of this? Um, well, so when you say your background page as in that big banner, or are you talking about into my profile? Well, like if experience? I look at my summary, I'm, under my summary, I've got um, text and underneath there, I have the social media oh, yeah, examiner yeah. logo. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, can, yeah. yeah, what can we do with still images like in our summary area? If you oh, want? yeah. Yeah. So LinkedIn actually about a year and a half ish ago um, 
really honed in on how you could use images in order to make your profiles better, which I'm so happy they did. You can actually put PowerPoint presentations there. You can put links to other articles or blogs or, or any – you can web link anything. You can actually add a photo of anything that um, obviously – you want to. I mean, you can put a photo of your kids. It does not matter. But LinkedIn gives several formats that you can add under your summary or under your experience or anywhere on your LinkedIn profile where you can upload files or um, or put web links out to your YouTube video channel if you'd like. So cool. Um, talk to me a little bit about how we should describe ourselves under our name. You know what I'm talking about? It shows yeah. your name and then it shows yeah. a little description. What tips can you give us? Yeah, that's called a professional headline, by the way. Um, you have 120 characters that you can use in order to um, to describe yourself. Now, the default mechanism is, let's say you're a CEO of Social Media Examiner, <laughs> and you put that into your experience, right, because it's what you do and it's, it's what you've been doing. The default is it will take that experience and make that your professional headline. Mm. Now, <clears throat> think of LinkedIn in that big banner area as your billboard. First thing that happens is when someone goes to your billboard based on looking at your background to determine if they want to use your product or service, they're looking at your billboard. The first thing you want your billboard to do is to draw them in. Uh, so number one, picture. Number two, professional headline. That professional headline is going to automatically be populated with your title unless you change it. The strategy there is based on professional headline formulas. I am using what I call an um, expert uh, formula, which actually allows me to kind of state in a, a keyword, use a keyword to state something that I do, um, and then talk a little bit more about what I socially offer, and then social proof of what I do. And it's what I call the expert formula. So expert status formula. Um, so you say you say LinkedIn trainer, and then you've got teaching, transformational career, business strategies, living proof. Yep. Are, are, is this kind of keyword laden, or is this meant to be kind of, um, you know, uh, this is what shows, for example, when you're uh, in a LinkedIn group? I mean, what part? I mean, help me understand and help everyone who's listening to understand whether this part shows or doesn't show when you're out there engaging on LinkedIn. Um, so the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. So once again, it's your professional headline. Yep. And and, and so I have several formulas I've tried and I continue changing. Oh, by the way, when you change something on your profile, it updates your network unless you tell it not to update your network. So oh. strategically, I update my profile within certain intervals just to let my network know that I'm doing stuff. So it automatically broadcasts out to them. Cool. The um, expert status formula that I'm talking about, yes, there is a keyword in it. The keyword is LinkedIn. <laughs> gotcha. Another keyword is um, career or another keyword is business, et cetera. Um, so my keyword, the, the formula is basically this keyword or subject matter area that you're an expert in who does something, whatever you do, for what client or audience, and then what's the proof. Very cool. Now, um, I'm going to take a little divergence here, but uh, I only use, I do not allow personal connections on LinkedIn with people that I actually have not met. And have not, you know, had some sort of a connection with in real life. And right. I know other people do not do that. And I'm curious, what is your recommendation to the marketers out there? Should they use this like Twitter and basically accept everyone? Or what's your what's your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, so actually you raise a good point. I, I, um, I think that it's based on two things. Number one, 
I accept from everyone because the product and service that I have is relevant to the world. So needless to say, I'm growing a large database. For people who specialize in certain industries, my recommendation, it's almost like growing a garden. Mm. What garden do you want to have? Um, what do you want in your garden? So if, you, you know, if you're selling a product or service in the biotech community or in whatever software community, it doesn't matter. Um, you're probably going to want to just grow those types of things and connect with people that are relevant to where you're doing business, which really keeps the integrity of your network in check. So I think um, person to person now, for someone who actually has a more generic business that will cover a lot of different ground, um, like you, Social Media Examiner, man, I mean, it's just like the world should know about this. So I'd say you want to connect with everybody. Yeah, it's just uh, a question of whether I want everyone to connect with me. You know I mean? <laughs> exactly. No offense to everyone listening. <laughs> Is that why I'm waiting for your connection? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's like everybody has their own little strategies, right? And sure. um, it just depends how you want to use the network, I guess, is what I hear you saying. That's now, true. let me, let's talk video. You do some really cool things with video in your personal profile. In your summary section here, there's a couple videos of you that are professionally taken. Um, how should we be using video as marketers and what are your thoughts on that? Um, very critical. I mean, I, and what a great question, man. It's uh, similarly that that video could have gone into my summary like you're asking for. What can you put in your summary? Um, I have, I've had the fortune of working with a lot of people. Um, Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, which is kind of <laughs> that the LinkedIn whisperer handle came. The LinkedIn actually called me that after uh, after some work I did, and then knowing that I've worked with Caesar Milan, they were like, "Hey, Ron, you're the LinkedIn whisperer." <laughs> but I uh, I actually went up to LinkedIn. They brought me up and they did video with me for about an hour and a half, and I came out with 23 cool little videos that they branded and you know corporate approved, etc. So. Um, one of the things, as I said, attempting to establish is not my own proof, but social proof of, of the work I do. So I put one of the videos in my LinkedIn profile in order to show my alliance with LinkedIn and also to tell a story that's LinkedIn branded. And uh, the other video is me and Deepak Chopra. Deepak is someone I've done business with as well, uh, which is interestingly enough, that's that's a flip camera and kind of me doing something quick. but. The difference between using a, um, a customer, for instance, let's say I have lots of customers who've used my service and testimonials from customers. It's easier for me to let someone talk about the work they've experienced with me, videotape it, and my, the, the rule of thumb is do, you know, be as professional as you can in the process of doing that. To you know, Obviously, it's easier to watch images that are good versus bad. Um, I use a, a local guy here in San Diego, Owen Hemsath, videospot.com. Uh, oh, yeah, I totally does, know Owen. Yeah, does really good work and so forth. So I take him out on site and do corporate client stuff as well. So I'm a fan of video because you can actually leverage it to take thought leaders like Deepak Chopra or Tony Robbins or anyone. And if, if you know, in my own business, having those type of people um, give tips to my audience, I'd say, hey, Deepak, do me a favor. Since you and I have worked together, if you were to say something to my audience, what would you say? And that was me recording him talking to my audience. So I simply use it to leverage his brand and my brand to speak to my audience, just passing information along. Whereas the LinkedIn uh, video is really me talking about the online course that I have with Cengage Learning, one of the largest publishers in the world, being one of the only people with an actual LinkedIn curriculum. So. Once again, LinkedIn is really, in my in my eyes, it's really the new television station that you have full control over. The real trick is to make sure you're using all the controls. 
Let's talk a little bit because um, I know that prior to their public offering, LinkedIn used to be, used to, they used to allow you to um, essentially put your RSS feed of your blog into your LinkedIn profile. And um, when someone looked at your profile, they would see your content come up automatically. And on a separate note, and I want you to break each of these things down. First of all, is that still an option? And the second question is when you put an update on LinkedIn, it doesn't, it's not like Twitter and Facebook, it seems, where you can see your feed of all of your updates. It seems like they're not there on your profile. So talk to me, talk to me about each of those, if you would. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, the world certainly changed. LinkedIn has, so, so your feeds actually do exist. There's a button that says um, current, your current updates, and for the most part, they're feeding your network's updates over your updates. So that's what's happening is obviously your network's seeing your updates. Um, there's a button under updates where you can go current updates or your updates and it, it will bring those into focus. So, But when someone like, looks at my profile, they don't necessarily see my updates. That's what I'm no, getting at, right? No. But no, they, they used not. to, I think, if I'm not mistaken. You know what? And, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know the answer. I've, I've, uh, that's cool. In the recent world, what's really going on is I'm kind of paying attention to the world of what's happening now. They've changed so much over the last two years, literally. Well, you I know, just, where I'm going with this is you do have the option to see posts right up yep. there under your profile, yep. but it looks as if you're using LinkedIn Publisher. So I think what's going on is LinkedIn has decided they're only going to show the posts that you publish on LinkedIn in your profile. Cause that is what I'm seeing here. This okay. is not, this is not your blog, yes. right? These are your yes. LinkedIn publisher. That posts. is correct. That is. And so, okay, I see where you're going. And that's the honest, that's absolutely accurate. So bottom line is, um, they changed over from the, the old posting deal, which was almost like having your own blog right. um, to everyone becoming a publisher. And, and it's really changed the game in terms of content. It's almost, it's a curse and a blessing. Um, so what's happening right now is that there's a lot of people out there putting stuff out, whether it's good or bad, indifferent. And um, so it's creating more content on LinkedIn, which was brilliant. You know, it's a brilliant business move in order to, um, to empower everyone to write. Mm. The thing that I've noticed is um, with posts, anybody who goes to my profile can see it. So my posts always have some type of graphic or picture and video to help to create a meaningful experience. What I've learned is that people are very much into image-based marketing, a little reading, maybe a little video, but kind of um, very specific content. So once someone goes to my profile, they can see I'm a publisher and that I post on a, on a certain interval, which is different than the old platform. Absolutely. The other thing that happens. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, go ahead. Yeah. So the other thing that's happening is that what it's also shown me because anyone can publish now is you. I personally have to really make sure that my content is good and relevant to my audience in order to engage readers uh, because there's a bigger world now. Going from just a poster and a small blog post to my audience to being exposed to the entire LinkedIn network. Um, there's a new strategy in place now. And so if your stuff's good, people will follow. If you follow other people, um, you can borrow some of their audience. If you follow influencers like Tony Robbins, et cetera, et cetera, when you figure out what people are doing, you can actually grow a large audience with the new publishing platform. But you have to be very, very specific. And I'm learning. um, There's a new voice that I'm learning through this whole publishing platform. Well, Ron, you have, uh, you've really done a great job of um, summarizing all sorts of things that we can do with our LinkedIn profile. And I'm sure, and by the way, we will link up to Ron's profile in the show notes so you can find him. But Ron, where would you like to um, have people discover more about you and all the things that you're doing? 
Uh, two places, and thanks for asking. Uh, number one, my LinkedIn profile, as you noted, which is really the best place I, I take in mails and, and connections all the time. Number two, my website, which is jumpstartrevolution.com. Awesome. Ron Nash, you have been an awesome source of insight. And I know a lot of people listening right now are going to run out and start updating their LinkedIn profiles <laughs> immediately. So thank you so much for joining me today on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you go out right now, today, as soon as you get back from wherever you are right now, and start fiddling with your LinkedIn profile. I know that my profile has a lot of work to do. As a matter of fact, after we finish this interview, Ron says, we need to, to work on your profile, Mike. <laughs> and I know it's true. Now, if there's anything that we mentioned in today's shows, like that awesome plug-in or any of the other stuff that you missed, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 116, which stands for episode 116. Wow. Also, never miss a future episode of this podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, hit the subscribe button in whatever player you're using, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever it is. That way, you're always going to get a future episode every week when they come out and never miss the awesome stuff that I have in store for you. If you are a regular listener and you've not already done so, would you consider giving me a rating and or a review in whatever platform you use, iTunes, Stitcher, it doesn't matter. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week in the driver's seat. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.